What's up, world? It is Wednesday night. You know what that means. It's AEW Dynamite Live. Follow it up with your boys here on the Wrestling Inc. channels, talking all things AEW Dynamite and some other top headlines, plus all the wonderful comments and questions coming into the podcast. I'm Justin LeVar here alongside my partner in crime this Wednesday night. He is former WWE referee for over 20 freaking years. He is the man, the myth, the Greek legend, Jimmy Corderas. <laughs> What's up, JL? I'm happy to be back. Uh, I, I was going to do some uh, very bad karaoke right now, but I won't do it. No, no go ahead, please. No, I was going to, because it was more like, guess who's back? Back again. Oh, you go. J&J's back. Tell a friend. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, what's better than Jimmy Gordares not only doing karaoke, but doing karaoke to Eminem? I mean, you know. yeah. <laughs> you know i'm old school what can i say i like it <laughs> who was uh when you're when you're traveling obviously again it spanned 20 plus years so obviously music's yeah. constantly changeable like did you have like a go-to like when you're traveling something that just calmed down something that got you hyped up before you took the ring what would you do it, it was weird i was all over the map because you know there are certain guys that listen to let's say some metal music and then other guys will listen to some other stuff i i i took it all in it you know when we were driving I used to like to be behind the wheel because the rule was whoever is behind the wheel gets control what plays on the radio, what we get to listen to. So, you know, besides the fact that I'm a bad passenger, <laughs> I also love that part about it. Because you, you fall asleep? No, not, no, it's just I, I get bored easily, you know, and especially you're traveling with Chimmel, so that's not hard. So you, <laughs> you, need that, you need that radio to keep you going. And I liked everything. But again, late night drives, you listen to music that kept you up. You know what I mean? And uh, there are other times where we would travel on, whether it was a bus or a plane or whatever the case may be, where you just something nice and mellow and and mellow out or you, you listen to some Toto or something. And uh, uh, or, you know, believe it or not, some 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 rap, some some old school dance music and some old school uh, um, R&B. I loved R&B and which surprised a lot of people. Quick story here. One night, uh, Chuck Palumbo. Uh, somehow got left behind by his group and he he was like we, we were finished setting up the ring and he's still there and we're like chuck what are you doing here he says you guys got room in your car for me because i got left behind this was you know <laughs> yeah hop in so he got in the car and i have a bad habit of singing along to songs in the car so and i may not know the words to the songs per se but as the song is playing they come to me yeah. If that makes any kind of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, when we get to our destination, Chuck goes, thank you for the ride. And by the way, Jimmy, do you know the words to every song ever written? <laughs> and I said, no, they just listening to it. It comes to me anyway. That's good. What about, what about the gym? Like, I'm sure you, I mean, I'm sure you had to do a little gym, right. To keep the cardio up, to keep up with those guys in the ring. Huh? To, to be honest with you, that my cardio was basically a little, little light jogging after setting up the ring, because when you're setting up the ring, that's you're lifting, you're, yeah. you know, you're doing your stuff. Trust me. That's it's a workout. Yeah. All right. A little insight. He brought up the music that got that got me down the, the wormhole of questions for you of music oh, and, the, and the travel <laughs> of Jimmy Corderas. Very good. Thanks to everybody who's uh, joining in live. Of course, you can be live uh, across all the channels: YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Periscope, whatever your fancy is. Or if you're checking us out after the fact on the audio only, maybe maybe it's a Thursday morning where you're at, listening to us on your way to work, on your way to school, uh, doing whatever around the house, whatever the case may be. Make sure you tweet at Justin Lavar at Jimmy Corderas. Let us know how you're checking out this podcast. Of course, if you're listening and uh, watching live and you happen to be in the chat, that's the real high status because you can become the third man of this podcast, at least for a few moments. Uh, Super Chats and uh, and other notable chats will work in as best as we can. 
Jimmy, let's uh, before we get into dynamite tonight, let's uh, get into mm-hmm. some of the news headlines. There's two specifically I want to bring up. Uh, you can read in full about these and more on WrestlingInc.com. But first, uh, there's apparently I guess some consideration, some speculation about WWE internally talking about mm-hmm. doing uh, an NXT stand and deliver event again uh, and doing it somewhere in line with the already existing stadium shows that are on the calendar. Of course, WWE's got a uh, several stadium shows still to come. Uh, the preference, uh, this is all according to at WrestleVotes, has become a very mm-hmm. prominent Twitter account that uh, seems to always have a little extra insight knowledge. Uh, mm-hmm. And they tweet that the preference would be to do it at the Clash of the Castle um, Saturday, September 3rd in Cardiff, Wales. Um, but SummerSlam on uh, Saturday, July 30th at Nissan Stadium, home of your mm-hmm. Titans, that seems more likely. The other stadium show scheduled for the summer is Money in the Bank, which is set for July 2nd in Vegas. Uh, it's noted that everything is still to be determined, um, but you know they're looking at, at doing an NXT stand and deliver. Of course, stand, the last NXT stand and deliver was during Mania 38 weekend, um, which was held. It was kind of a matinee show, mm-hmm. um, you know, before uh, night one of Mania. So, uh, re- reaction to them still, even though NXT is a different looking NXT than what it was mm-hmm. uh, just a year ago, uh, they're still trying to coincide it with the major main roster events. Yeah, it, to me, it makes logical sense because you you do want to you know uh get your product out there and it is starting to get out there and i know people have their preferences do do they like the old uh, black and gold version of nxt versus today's uh colorful 2.0 uh that's not the question the question here is from a business standpoint does it make sense and i think it does and you mentioned one of the considerations is the one in cardiff wales which i think is a good idea because you know, going back to Cardiff, Wales, with a start with a stadium show, having a stand and deliver there, where you can utilize talents from both NXT here in North America, the top talents that they have here, and incorporate them with the NXT UK talents. So, to me, that one would make sense. Or even at SummerSlam, because SummerSlam is considered one of the top two pay per views. It's the number two pay per view, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, some people could argue that maybe it's Royal Rumble, because that's the one that leads up to WrestleMania. But uh, in a sense. You know, it is the show of the summer, and I don't see why not. You're using a big stadium show. Why not utilize the facility while you have it? Yeah, I'm kind of torn. I get all those um, all those arguments you just made, but you know, if it's gonna if they're gonna continue with stand and deliver to be in a venue, obviously not in the stadium. If it's gonna be again on like matinee kind of time. I just feel like it. It just highlights like okay, you have this big stadium show that you're gonna do here, but then we're gonna go to I don't know, a smaller convention center or an arena or something to do this other show during the day. I just, I feel like it, it just doesn't, I feel like it's just, it, it's, it's just yeah, reminding people intentionally or not intentionally. This is not, you know, this is this, this is our minor league feeder system, you know, and then, and then the, you know, the NXT 2.0, it, it's, it's entertaining for what it is, but it is definitely going back to the basics of being, we are getting you ready for raw and SmackDown. It, it is not the, third alternative is not the glorified indie that the black and gold was that could go out and sell out a Barclays center on a SummerSlam week. I, so it's, I feel like it's just contradictory. It's like, w- w- tell me which one it is. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know, I understand wanting to get the guys and girls reps in front of different audiences. That is good. A different lot, you know, cause that, that, that's the ultimate way of learning. But I just, I don't know. I just feel like it's contradictory. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what they're trying to do. It's like, yeah, we want to bring them along for the big stadium show, but, but then we're going to put them, uh, in a B level or C level uh, venue and, and time. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I, I get that argument as well. And that does make sense. But at the same time, NXT is, and right now very prominently a 
like you said, a get the talent ready for the uh, jump to the main roster, whether it be Raw or SmackDown. Whereas before, you almost looked at NXT as kind of, or that was treated almost like an equivalent uh, third brand at times. Mm -hmm. You know, whether people actually perception-wise viewed it that way, Talent wise and and from a presentation standpoint, it definitely was on on par with the other two. Now this this is basically you're getting the same type of presentation, so to speak, getting them ready. So it is a developmental system for the main two products. So in that sense, to me, it does make sense to have them in a smaller venue. I, I would almost prefer maybe a hybrid of everything we're talking about. Maybe rather than putting on a whole separate event, rather than having clash in the castle which will be you know at, at this prime time in wales um with raw and smackdown storylines you know maybe take the top two or three storylines from nxt and let them be featured in that main show so let you know so if you have braun breaker and joe gacy is a top story and then maybe you take a top women's story you know for, for a women's title you know let those be because I mean, let's face it if, if you're if you're in nxt 2.0 if, if you're on nxt 2.0 tv um, it doesn't necessarily that doesn't if you're on there that doesn't doesn't necessarily mean you're ready for Raw or SmackDown just yet. Yeah. That's why you're still there fulfilling out your 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 duties and booking there. Mm-hmm. But chances are, if you're if you're the world champion, if you're holding one of the titles in that brand and and or challenging for it, chances are you may not be ready week to week yet for Raw or SmackDown. They might not have anything for you, so to speak. But you're probably good enough to where they can afford to put you on for one match on a main event and just to give it the audience a little taste. And it helps cross brand of, Hey, why you should tune into Tuesday night. If you do want to see a little bit more of this guy or girl. So I'd always rather just a hybrid rather than making a whole separate show, just infuse a little NXT section, a little NXT division matches uh, in the big stadium show to make Braun breaker and, and, and an NXT champion feel even bigger. That, well, that's a good argument as well. And I know you might uh, disagree with this one too, but there's always a pre-show right before the main mm-hmm. pay-per-view. And why not have two of those top matches on that pre-show instead of having an hour worth of talking in one filler match, so to speak? Have a prominent NXT match in that spot, maybe leading yeah. up to the pay-per-view. And people who are tuning in could see that match there. You know, you know, of course, promote the you-know-what out of it and let yeah. people know, listen, our NXT champion will be defending the title on the pre-show, so tune into the pre-show and you know what I mean? Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, obviously, everything we're talking about could all be possible. It's uh, nothing is, Nothing's official yet. It's all against speculation. Mm-hmm. But um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But mm-hmm. certainly a different a different context of how to handle NXT 2.0 moving forward. Again, now that it is not, um, it's not trying to be what NXT used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple chats here. People coming... Uh, Coming in here, uh, night one says I listened to Jimmy on the House of Hardcore podcast before Dynamite. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, House of Hardcore. That, that was the one with uh, Tommy. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of fun with Tommy. He's he's a good dude, man. He's a good dude. It's hard not to have fun with Tommy. No, it is hard. <laughs> I even have. Uh, I should have worn tonight uh, my Tommy Balls T-shirt. <laughs> uh, William Melendez usually listen to you guys at two thirty a.m. But glad to catch it live right. thank you william very good very good uh super chat here from daniel haven't seen alfred for a while uh alfred's still on the tuesday nights and friday nights here on wrestling mm-hmm. inc so uh if you are missing some alfred cunnable you definitely can still check him out on those nights right now and of course check him out on forbes.com he's always uh, he's always a, a content generating fool always got new stuff that you can check out there from Alfred Cunnaway. All right, the other news story here a little bit of controversy and what would pro wrestling be without some controversy um 
this is a report coming uh, from Fightful Select. Now, the women of wrestling, uh, it was announced back in the fall, women of wrestling was making a comeback. Jeannie Buss from the Lakers, <clears throat> she was uh, behind it in terms of, uh, of, the, of the funding and management. A.J. Lee, an executive producer, uh, they announced they actually had a multi-year distribution deal with Viacom CBS and that uh, on the CW and CBS stations beginning in the fall of, of 22 here that you would start seeing the women of wrestling product once again. And they were actually set to start taping some episodes. Um, I think, think this Thursday, yeah, this weekend, this long week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the uh, globe theater in Los Angeles, but Fightful select is reporting that uh, Tessa Blanchard may not be part of it. Now, Tessa Blanchard, uh, she was going to be one of the, uh, you know, building block, one of the, one of the, the, the people they're building around, it seemed in this relaunch. Um, but it seems like according to this report, that there might have been a major falling out. Now, you can read more into great detail. Fightful Select even notes it's it's hard to get confirmation. Uh, I mean, it's hard to get confirmation with stuff in wrestling, anyways, because of you know what should what should be spoken, what shouldn't breaking kayfabe, etc. Mm-hmm. But even harder in this case because you're dealing with a uh, a business environment where where apparently many people involved have signed uh, an NDA, it's non-disclosure agreement, so they're not supposed to be speaking about anything that's going on on set mm-hmm. on property. So making it that much more, making everybody probably that much more cagey about one, not wanting to lose their job or get sued or anything like that. So, but anyways, it basically through this whole report as best as they can figure out, it seems like Blanchard, she was also, uh, working, I guess, helping one, like a training class and, um, uh, perhaps some, an incident, a promo with, with another, uh, another talent. Um, and then just notes and, and Tessa's, Tessa's had some other rocky uh, stops in her career, it seems. Uh, she had a, a notable one leaving impact. And, you know, one source even says on her anonymity uh, that if, if she wants to work, she's going to have to go to Mexico. If you like the, you like Tessa, Bl- the one quote here is, if you're a fan of Tessa, you'd better learn Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, a lot of speculation. Obviously, Jimmy, neither you or I are there. But um, I, I guess I'll toss it to you this way. There just seems to constantly be smoke around Tessa Blanchard. And when there's smoke, there's usually fire. Look, like you said, I don't want to uh, assume anything here because we all know what happens when you assume at the same time, there's no doubting or no questioning her in-ring ability and how good she is and how talented she is. This is again, someone who's suffering apparently allegedly from other issues and, and her issues are dealing with other people. Like you were talking about uh, helping train some, some talents down there where she went off on, 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 on a talent or something like that. And all that, again, I don't know this to be fact. I only know like you, uh, what we hear. And, um, you know, like you said, where there is smoke, there is usually a little bit of smoldering going on as well. I, I, sometimes people over-exaggerate things in these day and ages. I don't want to say that we've become soft at, in in 2022 and everything offends us but uh, at the same time there there are uh, you know procedures in place in how to handle other people you know what i mean and and i don't know if it's true but it does apparently apparently air quotes here seem to be an issue with tessa not being able to get along with some people yeah uh, unless you know <laughs> you always have to ask the question in wrestling they're getting ready to start taping this weekend. You're, you're, you're new, you know, new relaunch, trying to get some buzz. Unless it's, unless it's all work, brother. Hey, there's people out there who still think the Montreal Screwjob was a work. So you know, uh, hey, you never know. It, c- never it could be, know. it could be stuff out there just to get some, some press, some publicity. But at the same time, uh, 
Why is it always Tessa Blanchard who falls in that category? Yeah, why, why is she always the lead casting for the for the work? There you go. For the controversial work. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. So we'll see. Again, uh, I, I kind of gave somewhat of a summary of that, uh, but you know, again, this this report. If you want to kind of read more about the mm-hmm. the details that are believed to be of of what this this promo incident and what have you, you can get and go to wrestlingnick.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have this uh, story in full. Again, uh, attribution back to Fightful Select for that story. All right, let's jump into uh, AEW Dynamite tonight, Jimmy. They were mm-hmm. in Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, starting hot. I mean, they they had so much to pack in this show uh, to the point of Jim Ross hadn't even finished getting out his opening welcome, and they were already hitting mm-hmm. Adam Cole's music. I mean, they were seconds were were were, were valuable tonight, as we mm-hmm. note all the way into the main event. Uh, but we start with Adam Cole. He comes out. He's going to sit on commentary to watch one of his boys, Bobby Fish, up against Jeff Hardy. This is a Owen Hart qualifier. We're going to have to. We're going to finish out our men's qualifying matches here on this episode. So we'll give you the full bracket before this episode's done. If you if you haven't already seen the bracket, it's quite uh, mm-hmm. quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Hardy making his singles debut in AEW. So this is the first chance to get see yeah. Jeff Hardy in this capacity. Uh, not a very long match. Uh, this match pretty straightforward here. Bobby Fish gets a few. Few moments of of, of of hope, but ultimately Jeff is going to uh, flush hit a swanton bomb on Bobby Fish, and he's going to get the win. And after the match, the Young Bucks are going to come out, tease a little stare down with the uh, with the Hardy brothers uh, before they check on their uh, uh, you know undisputed elite brethren. Uh, reaction to Jeff, I mean Jeff Hardy, he's the right guy mm-hmm. to win this, right? Absolutely, I think he's the right guy to win this. And there could be an argument made that at the end of the day, he might be the right guy to go all the way in this thing. There is an argument to be made there. But at the same time, I enjoyed this match very much. I thought, like you said, a hot start to the night with Adam Cole, Bay Bay coming out and and getting the crowd hyped. And then having this match, which was a good, solid that, you know, they did their th- they did their things, but they did it in the right way. They I, I thought they told a, a hell of a story and you know, with minimal, if any interference, I don't even recall any interference there. Was there? No, I don't think there, I don't think there was, which Uh, which was, which was a nice change. And I I thought, like I said, they told a good story. I thought the right guy won and they had a hell of a match. It was a great way to open the show. I thought, I agree. And the, the stare down at the end, like you said, it wasn't too much. It planted seeds. They didn't get into any fisticuffs or anything like that afterwards. It was just a nice little stare down, a little face off since we're in hockey playoff season. And it, it, it planted the seeds and it made you go, Hmm, love to see the Hardy boys of yesteryear. I could almost picture them in the same, you know, tie dye colored uh, old trunks that they used to wear uh, versus the bucks in uh, you know, us back then versus us now. Yeah, I agree. I think this was, this was done well. This is a great opener uh, that, you know, this was not any longer than what it needed to be. It was, mm-hmm. it was, you know, what right, right there for it. Uh, Jeff, right in his wheelhouse of doing the thing. I mean, he looks great. I was Jeff was just here as I've been promoting uh, for weeks. He was just here last Saturday. Mm-hmm. We had our big show here in the Pittsburgh area. Matt and Jeff both there in action. Both look great. Both out there wrestling for twenty minutes. Um, so it's great to see Jeff at, at his age and and you know in his forties, which obviously is not a you know, not a young man anymore in pro wrestling, still out there looking great uh, up against Bobby Fish. Exactly what this needed to be. Jeff in the tournament makes for a very interesting, as you said, we'll get it. We'll make our predictions in a little bit once we get through the whole bracket, but uh, very happy to see that's the direction they went in. And obviously young bucks, Hardys, there's not, it would not, they have met before in a, in a pro wrestling ring in different places. Of course, mm-hmm. they have not met yet in a W that would be the highest profile 
place yes. for them to be up to this point, and certainly the the most money that can be made up to their point. So, you know, don't know when, but certainly, as you said, plant the seed. You, you can you can go and tap into you know that 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 growth whenever you want. Um, just then, don't be, just don't do what what it seems to happen. I'm not saying in AEW, but it seems to happen a lot in this world nowadays. Is don't rush it. Take your time. Yeah. There's a heck of a story here. Like, like you said, they have faced each other in the past elsewhere, but this obviously would be so high profile. I would promote the living you-know-what out of this match whenever it happens, that's for sure. Well, I'm going to promote the living you-know-what out of Manscaped. That's right, <laughs> Manscaped, our friends, Manscaped. They are the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming. And as always, they have the best tools for cleaning aisle five in your pants. That's right. You don't want to go to anybody else except for Manscaped for all the trusted products for making sure – you're taking care of yourself uh, with all your grooming decisions. Join the four other, uh, join the four, try that again, join the other four million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com, using that code right there on your screen, W I N C 20. And when you do, you can save 20% on the order plus free shipping. That's a great way. So if you're looking to try it out, okay, Justin, you keep talking about it every week. That's a great incentive right there to try. You're already getting them some discount. Um, for you know, free shipping, and the products are are, are tremendous. And then no matter what what product you need, uh, you have the full package uh, for your spring cleaning. Whether it's performance package 4.0 with all the the wonderful shaving tools and grooming tools, including um, the, the reduced the reduced skin safe technology they have to make sure you're not you know not make sure you're not blading in the bathroom, nothing like that. They have all that good stuff. Plus, they have the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. They also have the weed whacker. They have the ear, hair, and nose trimmer. They have the crop res- uh, preserver, the crop reviver. They have the body wash. They have the shampoo. They have cologne. They have shirts. They have boxers. They have a wonderful Manscaped shaving kit. Every single product. You can go on the website, see them all. I have every every single product I just rattled off. I have them all. I use them all. I love them all. Manscaped.com. Uh, again, you know, like it's. You know, I always we always use the context of you know making sure uh, you're 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 ready for for any intimacy that might come your way, any romance you're you're, you're groomed nicely. But hey, even if it's not romance, talk about it. the weather's warming up. You're gonna be getting into that bathing suit soon. You're gonna be outside some more. Make sure you're just taking care. You're looking good, okay? Manscaped.com is the place to be. Don't come out there uh, looking like giant Gonzalez bodysuit. Just not needed. <laughs> uh, and if you don't get that reference, go to the Google. Go open another. Don't don't shut this podcast off. But open another tab or open something else and Google and, and Google that, and you'll go. Okay, I get that. I get it. Don't want to do that. There Not cool. Go. Nobody's liking it. There you go. Um, so manscape.com, of course. Smell oh so fresh and uh, so clean this summertime. Uh, again, we can't say enough about Manscape. Do not try anything else. Manscape is where you need to be if you're talking about. All right, I got to do some grooming. We're talking about grooming in some delicate areas here. I'm telling mm-hmm. you. They are the way to go. Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. It is precise. It's got an LED equipped light. Um, it's 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 safe. You won't. You, you shouldn't be hurting yourself. So mm-hmm. can't say enough about Manscaped.com. Uh, right. WINC20 is the code. Manscaped, Jimmy, use it. Yeah. Uh, the, they do. They do ship to Canada. So they do. They do. They do. Uh, Super chat here from Robert Martinez, 4.99. He says Jeff Hardy reminds me of the Midnight Express, like his character doesn't keep. With the time, at least Matt changed his character and got it over. I, 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 Robert, I don't know. I disagree. Matt has certainly done some different evolution, and but I mean, Jeff, it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. Right. It's like it's like Ricky Morton. It's it's almost like Ricky Morton. You know, I I think uh, watching him today, even today, watching him sell. 
Well, Robert follows up and says he is a big fan of Jeff. I, I think, I think, I mean, okay. Jeff, Jeff has little evolution. I mean, Jeff does things like, you know, he will, you know, he's, he's incorporated the face paint at different times. Mm-hmm. He's a, he, of course, likes to have his different music when he's a single star. But, but I think, again, for the most part, it's just Jeff still just get, I mean, Jeff Hardy can just go to take his shirt off before he's going to go up to the top rope and he gets a rock star scream uh, from the female section of the crowd still. And, and you know, that music hits and all the, all the dudes want to be, and they think he's the coolest guy. All the girls want to be with him. I mean, that's that's that magic, right? That's that magic formula you're looking for when you're trying to captivate a pro wrestling audience. If you're a babyface, exactly. And and what what is the ma- biggest uh, tall tale sign? The reaction he gets, not only when he comes out, but during matches too, and when he makes his comebacks and when he does go to his finish and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So. Um... I don't I mean I, I, everybody's got their own thing, but I, I think Jeff yeah. don't, doesn't you know doesn't need to be changing much of mm-hmm. anything. He's he's made a lot of money uh, off of what he does and does it well. Mm-hmm. Okay, up next we get the Blackpool Combat Club. They're going to go up against Butcher Blade and Angelico. Uh, this is going to be kind of an all-out brawl at first. Of course, Regal's mm-hmm. on commentary as as that's become the staple, so he can uh, help tell the story of the brutality that the Combat Club is dishing out. And at the end of it, we're going to see, again, all three members of the, uh, of the combat club. They all are applying some type of clubbing forearm or, or submission move, while Brian, who is the legal man, uh, delivering the kicks to Angelico and then transitions that into the triangle sleeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Blackpool Combat Club, Jimmy, it feels like they, they're just going to keep doing these trio, just, these, just dominant trio matches, and it's just waiting for a trio that can step up that's formidable enough to, to, to even chat to even really compete with them. Cause right now it's all been pretty one-sided. Yeah. Uh, and obviously I'd love to see each and every one of them in a singles match contributing in the same factor. But like you said, they, they are a unit right now, but the only thing that uh, I know this is going to sound very nitpicky. The only thing that's really bothering me about the whole thing is the introductions. You see Brian Danielson comes out through the tunnel. Then Yuta comes out through the tunnel, but Mox still comes out through the crowd separate from everybody else. It makes him feel like he's not part of the group at times. I don't know if that, if anybody else feels that, but for me, if you are the Blackpool Combat Club, you come out BCC together. You See, that's I mean? that's interesting you say that because I had it actually written down. This is where you and I, this is where we disagree on things. I get a different interpretation from it. I actually wrote down that strangely, I actually like that they each have their own entrance still because what it kind of feels like is it feels like, you know, they're a part of this very elite and exclusive underground fight club. And I kind of like the fact that they're all, they're coming from three different walks of life, three different resumes, and maybe they're not, you know, going to breakfast together, but they all, but they always convene together at nighttime to fight and, and to stand back to back, shoulder to shoulder and, and, and fight. So I don't it actually has a weird, I, that's how I interpret it. it, it I guess it just shows you pro wrestling. It's all a matter of, just how, yeah, but that I actually wrote. I actually, because I'm usually like you. I normally, if you're if you're going to be any type of a team or group mm-hmm. for more than a few weeks, I want some coordinated wardrobe and look. I want some like I, I want I want it to feel like your team. I don't want it to feel like two random like a random generator just you know spit out a couple wrestlers together. But in this situation, I think because of the underground feel it's supposed to have, I kind of like them all coming in their own entrance. That's interesting. Uh, and like you said, they don't all dress alike either. They all have their own individual unique look, uh, you know, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with everybody having their own individuality. It's, but uh, again, for me, I, I would rather see like, like you said, William Regal is the one that brings them all together. I'd like at least for when they go to the ring mm. for them to come as a unit. 
Uh, Bandy Jacobs says, I'm with you there, Jimmy. I think they should all come out as a group. <clears throat> yeah, it's all about perception, yeah, what you yeah, want. But exactly. yeah, it, but I, but overall, um, yeah, black, I mean, and I'll be curious to see like what, what we're building to here is are we building to uh, another unit uh, mm-hmm. of a trio that is going to challenge him and that there's no shortage of, of, of groups and alliances that could do that? Or will it be kind of like how the Blackpool Combat Club came together? Will it be, you know, some <clears throat> pairing of three individuals who have to come to, love each other, respect each other, hate each other, whatever, and, and, and fight as a unit. So, uh, yeah. um, you know, be curious to see what we're building to here with the Blackpool Comic Club. Because as of now, we have double or nothing at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. And they, of course, announced some matches. As of now, I don't believe they're on any matches uh, I, on the card. I don't recall hearing that they're a part of any match right now. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll stay tuned. But, but I'll tell you what, there, I, I think there's a plan because, you know, AEW, for as many talents as AEW has, mm-hmm when you see certain acts on every single week wrestling, not, not just even getting a backstage promo, but wrestling almost every single week, you know, there's a plan because they, they, you know, they've come to realize, okay, we got to keep this going. We can't let it go weeks and weeks and weeks without follow-up. So Warlow's getting a match every week. Cause there's obviously a plan, which we'll get to in a second. Mm-hmm. Blackpool comic club's getting a match every single week. And this is on dynamite again. So, um, you know, I, I gotta think there's, there's some, mm-hmm something there uh robert jumps back in robert martinez he says i disagree i like the individuality it's it's made you to a bigger star yeah i mean i guess having them all come out to their own music and different things it it keeps their individual marketing and their individual you know stuff Uh, i i I get what you're saying robert but at the same time you does a bigger star because of his association with brian danielson john moxley and of course their leader william regal all right uh moving on here we see a quick backstage real quick Mm-hmm. Uh, with uh, Jurassic Express, they come up and uh, are talking to Ricky Starks and Hobbs. Of course, Starks and Hobbs uh, came up to them last week and were poking and prodding and wanting to have a tag team title match. Jurassic Express says they think that they will go ahead and accept and give them a tag team title match. But first, Jungle Boy says he wants something. He wants a shot at that FTW title that Ricky Starks is carrying around. Jimmy, is the FTW title worth more than a cup of coffee right now? Um, it's got history, but it, it's, yeah. it's, just, it's just, it's just been a, a thing that has been carried around for it, two years. Yeah, it's it, almost more like an ornament than anything else. But, uh, at, at the same time, this is the opportunity. You talk about missed opportunities. Hopefully this isn't a missed opportunity for jungle boy to help elevate that FTW title into more relevance. If, if that makes sense by him asking for this match already, it has people going, Oh, he wants a shot at that title. Hmm. It must mean something to him. So hopefully that progresses and it grows from there as opposed to just being uh, more like a backdrop to going into the uh, the tag team title match. Yeah. I mean, again, obviously, if, if you were a fan of the original ECW, the FTW title certainly has great historic value. And, mm-hmm. you know, Taz, when he's in his prime then. But, uh, you know, and I'll say this in general. The entire team, Taz thing in AEW has been very hot and cold or so they get a few weeks where it gets real hot. And it's like, well, this is, this could be one of the, and then there's just other weeks where, and then, and then, and then funny enough, I, I think maybe the thing that was maybe the dark horse out of it all, mm-hmm. Taz's actual son hook, he's become, yeah. <laughs> he's become kind of the quiet, the, the quiet rising, mm-hmm. you know, superstar out of this, you know, mm-hmm. they're doing it nice and slow. They're kind of letting like rampage be his show. And, but he's just kind of developed this aura around him. He doesn't say a word, which is mm. fun. And um, 
yeah, I don't know. I, I guess you got to start somewhere with the FTW title. I guess if you, if you want to, if you want to incorporate it and make it seem matter a little more, you got to start somewhere. But it was just, I just kind of, I, I did, I did mm-hmm. chuckle when Jungle Boy said, but before you get attacked, you don't shot, I'm challenging for this. And I was like, oh, right. okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, again, like I said, hopefully that helps people notice the title more and make it mean something. And, and why not put the title on a Jungle Boy and have him hold two championships? Huh? You know, people are, people are, are backing Jungle Boy. They're behind him. Trying to think in history, has anybody actually ever, Ooh. did Taz, like, did Taz ever get beat for that title, or did he always have that title? Like, I'm sure somebody in the chat will quickly correct me. If yeah, this. yeah. So um, chime in quickly, please. Yeah, without without, <laughs> without me making a great uh, video here and just sitting here googling and you watch me type, right? Somebody in the chat room, but I'm, I don't know how often the FTW title has been on anybody else other than 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 Taz. So, um, all right. Well, so. Uh, Starks and Hobbs, they want a tag team title match. Wardlow mm-hmm. wants his hands on MJF, and we're mm-hmm. finally going to get <clears throat> some movement uh, here as Wardlow's going to have to earn it with yet another opponent. Um, mystery opponent, but it was it was teased with some clever some clever lines last week, so it was kind of mm-hmm. one of those things where people pretty much knew but still had right. to tune in to get confirmation. Wardlow comes out, and he gets even more of the Goldberg-like entrance, mm-hmm. Jimmy. They start in the parking lot with him flanked by all the security and then walking to the ring. Still no music, but the chants are getting louder and louder again mm-hmm. to the same rhythm as of Goldberg. It's a war low. Yeah. Um, they're getting louder and louder each week. <clears throat> MJF comes out and uh, he introduces the big dub, William Morrissey, of course, uh, best known to wrestling fans as the former big cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes out seven foot biggest opponent that Warlow's had to date. And Wardlow's overpowered for the first little bit of this match. They mm-hmm. uh, definitely let uh, Morrissey get, uh, you know, get get a good look here. He's throwing Wardlow around, bouncing him off the the ring post outside. Finally, the 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 the, the cutoff is going to come here, where Wardlow though he's going to be placed up on the top rope. He's going to elbow and knock Morrissey down. Wardlow is going to do a moonsault. He's going to be standing and does a moonsault on the top mm-hmm. rope. Hits Morrissey, hits the delivery, but it still lands on his feet. Mm-hmm. He hits the moonsault and still lands on his feet. That's that was incredible. amazing to watch. Just got six three to do that. Yeah, it, that, that was incredible. And look, see, here's the beautiful thing about Wardlow, and and you, all that stuff you just described is them doing it right with Wardlow. And and here's a guy who can do moves like that, like you said, a moonsault and, and still land on his feet while hitting the moonsault. But he doesn't just go out there and do it. You know, he picks the right spots to do it in. He In this match here, he was against a bigger, a seemingly stronger opponent. He did his job. He sold for him. He, uh, You know, but at the same, he fought a little bit from underneath like a baby face, uh, like an old school baby face does. Got the crowd behind him. And then he pulled out the big move when he needed and, you know, ends up coming out victorious. And the crowd is so hot for this right now. They so much want to see it. And like they say, it does take two to tangle, and MJF on the other end, especially right now since they haven't tangled yet, uh, on the microphone has just been dynamite. Sorry yeah, for the, pun, for the bad pun. Pun intended. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Picked a great spot to do that. Uh, land on his feet. He then pulls the straps down. It's time for business. He mm-hmm. goes, uh, he beats Morrissey, but only hits one powerbomb. Mm-hmm. So before we get into the, the, real quick, before we get into the stuff with MJF that's going to take place here in a second, only beats Morrissey with one power up. Now, uh, I, I do think I, you know, as I said last week, the last time I saw 
Morrissey in person was last summer and was on the bad side of a, of a choke slam. It's a long way down. But mm-hmm. I do think, just having seen him, I think he probably is legit the biggest guy that Wardlow mm-hmm. has took on. I think he is legit a little bit bigger than Lance Archer. He's definitely bigger than, mm-hmm. than Butcher and anybody else that Wardlow's been beating on this path. So I don't know if it's, hey, only do one to him because the last thing we want to do is on live TV, have you tried to do two or three and like you can't get them up or you whatever we you know, we don't we don't want to break the mystique of mm-hmm. of, of the almighty right now and and, and, and warlord that's that's happening or was it a you know did, did, does you know does tony khan or whoever the agent of the match go hey you know we think we might have this morsey guy back around sooner than later let's not kill him with three or four power bombs let's mm-hmm. one will one will do it like i i don't know I, that, that caught my eye that he only they beat him with one yeah, it it, it kind of surprised me, but at the same time, I liked it. I, I I see that's his finishing move. He shouldn't have to do, uh, for example, the the uh, tombstone pile driver of takers. It shouldn't take four pile drivers tombstones <laughs> yeah. to take somebody out. And if this is uh, Wardlow, who's a big dude, big strong dude, and this is his finish, one should do the job and save that kick out for a very special moment. Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, when he does the Powerbomb Symphony, it's not that the one that can't beat the other guys. It's because he he just wants to keep delivering that punishment. Right. But I get what you're saying. And may, maybe, who knows, maybe maybe there maybe there's a philosophical decision here of that's how dominant his one Powerbomb is, is that beat this mm-hmm. seven-footer. He didn't, you know, right. so a lot of ways to look at it. But I, I mm-hmm. also did look at it as maybe this is a little bit of protection mm-hmm. um, for this other big guy who big, I'm just called him Big Cass. Morrissey yeah. looks great. He is in phenomenal shape. Mm-hmm. Looks great. Uh, he, he He was on his game. Uh, and you know, he was full on heel crowd chanting. We want Enzo, a, 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 a dueling chant of we want Enzo. No, we don't. Yeah. Obviously his former tag team partner, very, uh, much like Miss Blanchard, as we talked about earlier, a very polarizing <laughs> figure yes. in this business. Uh, here's that chant. It starts to do a little Enzo impression and then kiss him all the finger. Right. Um, so he was right there on his, on his, a game. Uh, he looked apart. I, I, I don't know what his, um, mm. impact contract situation is. Yeah. But um, I, I I think I don't know I, I think AEW mm. WWE if that bridge is is, is still there I, I think want to see him back and want I want to see him in one of these rings I want to see him right. against the best possible competition I hear you I hear you so that was uh so that's that's our love for Wayne Morrissey all right so Warlow uh, beats him MJF is just you know furious sends out every security guard mm-hmm. and then some and Warlow just demolishes these security cards. <laughs> Gets the crowd just going crazy for, I mean, probably 30 or 40, probably mm-hmm. a Royal Rumble's worth of guys <laughs> that he just took out. Yeah. Um, gets on the mic. Wardo says he is not going to stop until he gets his hands on MJF and he gets out of this contract with MJF. MJF says he will give it to him. He will give him a match, but that match is going to come with conditions. But we're not going to learn those conditions tonight. No, we're going to have to wait and learn those conditions at a contract signing, which will take mm-hmm. place, Jimmy, next week in MJF's hometown of long island new york which is very interesting because uh if people have been following my riff and rants i I ranted recently about seeing too many contract signings i'm getting uh quite uh i don't want to say fed up but uh, enough is enough but mjf has done a masterful job of wanting me to see this contract signing next week believe it or not he's got me interested into finding out what his conditions are heading into this this uh, apparent match that he's talking about possibly a double or nothing against Wardlow. And I can, I don't even want to speculate what those conditions are because I don't no, want to. No, let's speculate. No, I don't want to. I just want to go in there with a clear mind and go, oh, that's all right. Or 
or it, or if it is, it's like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Whatever, whatever the case may be, I want to be surprised. I don't want to get in there and hope for this and hope for that. All right. Well, fine. I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't, <laughs> I won't share mine. Then I want to. No, you can share yours. No, if you want. No, 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 no. I want to hear it now. No, I'll write them down. I'll put them in a box. I'm going to put them in this drawer right here, and then I'll pull it out next week, and I'll say, right, here's oh, there what you I go. Okay. <laughs> uh, real quick, back to the FTW question. Uh, Ian Alfred, uh, watching on Twitch. Love the Twitch audience out there watching for us. Thank you. Uh, Ian says uh, Sabu had FTW belt at one point. Hmm. Um, and also the TLD says Sabu beat Taz. Um, I do remember Taz. I remember that being a big feud for, for Taz with Sabu. I couldn't hmm. remember right. uh, again the title thing. So thank you guys yeah. for for uh, giving us a little history for being stat boys for us. Right. All right. Yeah. So next week. Uh, so we're finally. So I, I'd assume double or nothing's where we're going to get it, <clears throat> but we're going to yeah. find out the conditions and stipulations next week. Between and that's good too. Make these make a contract signing mean something. Exactly. It's contract contract signings across wrestling have, have gotten way too formulaic. So at least this one, like, there's a reveal of like what's in the contract, mm-hmm. which that right. makes total logical sense. Yeah, one of the one of the stipulations has to be, if I may make one, okay, that there is to be no contact between MJF and Wardlow until the match happens. All right. Well, I'll give you a second one. I'll give you one of them. Okay. In the match, Wardlow can't use a powerbomb. Ooh. Okay. I mean, that there would be go. logical, right? If I'm MJF, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. You can't hit your big finish. Yeah. Awesome. You know? Cool. All right. We'll see. <clears throat> enough, en- enough speculating. We'll mm-hmm. see. We'll see this time next week. All right. Now, up next, we get uh, Tony Schiavone in the ring. He brings out AEW World Champion Hangman Page. And uh, Jimmy the Page? Did he cut a? Did he turn heel, or did he just have a fire under his ass and just isn't going to do this, you know, playful game of respect? He said he's going to embarrass CM Punk and uh, just just be cut a very fiery promo here. No, he did, and it felt very heelish, and and that's exactly what I have written down in my notes. That did, did he turn on? Did he turn heel? And you could tell by the reaction of of even the diehards were booing him. Yeah, he was getting a lot of boos from from the crowd that that. that See, and, and I like seeing that because so far I haven't been feeling Adam Page. Uh, you know what I mean? As 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 world champion, he hasn't been that the guy that he needs to be to, to for the company to hang their hat on at this moment. Maybe this turning him a little bit heel, putting him against CM Punk and, and lighting a fire under his butt uh, that in that way will, you know, get him to that level where the crowd will We'll, we'll yeah. treat him as a, as a legit heel. The 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 chase was definitely more entertaining. Mm-hmm. He he had a great rise of momentum, uh, a great you know just a great bit of uh, support in the chase and the quest to get his hands on Kenny Omega and to get that world title. You know the dog chasing the car was very entertaining, but then but, that, but then he got it. Then he got to the car, and now I I kind of feel like eh, hasn't been as good. So yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah, so yeah. CM, Punk, CM Punk was not there. He noted CM Punk wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Punk will be in action next week <clears throat> against John Silver from uh, Long Island. Uh, so we'll see if and when Hangman Page makes. And he said it, he said when he faces CM Punk, it will be a fight. Yeah. yeah. What did he also say? He said, "I'm not going to come out here and cut. I'm not going to cut a. Uh, what did he? He referenced a, a Bret Hart. He said, "I'm not going to do a Bret Hart match. Or I'm not going to do a like a." What, the, what did he say? He made oh. he made he made a mention of he's not yeah. gonna you know shake hands and pander and, and, and yeah. 
again, Jack and yeah, Jack uh, and fill in the exact quote. But I mean, he it was I, I was really call off card. I was not the promo expected. And he, of course, I think if, if we understand correctly, he was supposed to be on Dynamite last week, had COVID, so they kept him off, mm-hmm. had to rewrite the show a little bit. Right. So I don't know if this promo was what they were going to have him do last week, or if mm-hmm. they've all of a sudden are pivoting and they figured, hey, we might need a Hangman Page on the heel side of of the fence in the mm-hmm. locker room soon. Right. Well, it makes sense because going into a match, especially when it's your world title match, which uh, uh, in theory would main event your your pay-per-view, it's always best to have someone cheered and someone booed as opposed to two guys that the f- people are going, oh, who do I cheer for? I like both guys. Yeah, you got to have a real special baby versus baby situation to make that go off as well, yes. as, as, well as it is in your mind yeah. or on paper. Like it, the, c- controlling the crowd in that moment is way tougher. Mm-hmm. Way Absolutely. tougher. Absolutely. Um, Sheed Black. Super chat, Wardlow versus Braun Breaker, future WrestleMania match. Well, I don't know if they're going to be in the same company at the same time, but I, I right. but if, if you're, I would certainly agree with Wardlow and Braun Breaker being, you know, t- t- main eventing the card, yeah. uh, the, the biggest card of the year of whatever company that they're in, uh, exactly. in, in, in a matter of time. Yeah. So agreed. Uh, whether or not they get in the same mm-hmm. company, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll wait and see. All right, up next we get Santana versus Jericho. Of course, this has been uh, this got this is getting real, real gruesome and uh, real, real, you know, gr- you know, it's a grudge match, a grudge feud here between mm-hmm. the two groups. Obviously, like we discussed last week, you know, the, you know, talking about take you out and hits and mm-hmm. some of the language they decided to use. Uh, so Santana, he's got Ortiz with him. Jericho's got all the JAS. Eddie Kingston is absent for this entire episode. Mm-hmm. I like that, Jimmy, selling this. You know, it's this fireball. insane fireball. So I'm yep. glad that they did not have Eddie Kingston on TV tonight. I like that. Mm-hmm. No, I absolutely like it too. Uh, not coming out there with an eye patch on or something like that, especially considering later on when we see an eye patch. You know, I mean, uh, it, mm-hmm. it happens too often in wrestling. We see the same, uh, even though one is a black eye as opposed to a fireball. But uh, again, you know, or from the uh, the mist or whatever yeah. you call it. But uh, I, I enjoyed this match as well. I thought it was a good match. I thought. You know what, Chris Jericho is uh, making me jealous. He's he's uh, well. I, I don't want to give away his age, but uh, he's still looking good and still working really good. And he's he he's doing it, man. He's he, he, I hope I hope younger people are watching. Uh, younger talents are watching him and learning from him and knowing that sometimes it's not what you do. It's how you do it and how you connect with your audience. And Chris Jericho has connected with his audience amazingly. Yeah. I mean, Chris has a tremendous career when you look at his durability of minimal injuries, working smart, but not working boring. He's never been a boring worker, but he, there's just certain things that he's either not going to do, or he's going to do them seldom only when needed. I mean, he, it's, it's pretty amazing that he has stayed in the shape that he's in. Yeah. Um, all things considered. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I is he older or younger than you? Uh, younger. Just, just, but not, can't be by much though. He's, uh, he's younger. Yeah, he's younger. Okay, let's put it that way. Kind of, <laughs> kind of like uh, someone else who who popped up after this, Billy Gunn. Uh, he just, uh, uh, well, he's a freak. I, uh, freak of nature. I was going to say yes, exactly. He's a freak of nature. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Jericho does win. Though. There's a little bit of uh, distraction to the ref Aubrey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jericho's gonna hit a low blow, his a juice effect. So, uh, and then after that, it's just again, it's a numbers game, five on two. So, again, and again, just being nitpicky, I wish they'd find uh, more creative ways to distract their referees. That's all, yeah. That's, I mean, that's that's kind of a, I think, a re, I think it's like that's, I think we've established that's kind of a running, yeah. a running mm-hmm. project that needs to 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, maybe a former referee consultant would be of use. <laughs> Not that I don't want to have you on Wednesdays, but I'm just saying. It's okay. I, li- I, I like being here on Wednesdays. Oh, very good. All right. Uh, so they've been promoting all night that there's going to be the Varsity Blondes who are going to call out the House of Black. So we have mm-hmm. Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman Jr., and Julia Hart. Of course, Julia Hart's got this eye patch on. She's, mm-hmm. you know, her face is, 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 is you know, so obviously we can tell that she's still dealing with the, the mist. Hasn't been the same since that. Pillman cuts this big old promo that, you know, uh, Coach Harbaugh from the Ravens is there at ringside. You know, he's, you know, he's got history with the Pillman family. And, you know, Pillman cuts this big old promo and he wants, you know, he wants the House of Black. He, you know, he wants to avenge what they have done. And so music hits, lights go out. House of Black does their whole shebang entrance. Mm-hmm. They, they come out, they're in the ring, even on the, you know, on the turnbuckles like they do. Varsity Blondes are looking at them the whole time. Lights come back on, or they don't come back on, but they, now they've, 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 they've circled Varsity Blondes. And Dar- or, uh, uh, House of Black's the first ones that makes the first move physically. And it, it just, they just start brawling. Um, I, 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 before we get to the Julia Hart stuff, <laughs> I, and I, I like Brian Hillman Jr. I like I like mm-hmm. Brian. So this is not a, this is not this, none of this is personal to him. This is all just a, a booking question or a booking critique. Mm-hmm. You you couldn't have made the Varsity Blondes look any more JV. Than, like even Jim Ross on commentary mm-hmm. is saying, "Hey yep. guys, you might not want to wait for them to come down from the buckle. You might want to like attack. Like mm-hmm. like what what are you waiting for? It, it, it made absolutely zero sense, and especially when you're outnumbered by the heels three to two. This is your opportunity. You're supposedly hot. You are steaming. You are blowing smoke out your ears. And these guys come down to the ring. They turn their backs to you. That's an insult. And, you, you know, you, even the odds by knocking one of them off the turnbuckle, he could bump over the top to the floor. And it's yeah. and e- now it's an even fight, two on two, two on two, until the third guy finally gets back in the ring after selling a little bit to, you know, put the odds in favor of the, uh, you know, the, um, yeah. the House of Black. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to rip it on the case of like what I thought should happen or what happened didn't happen. So I'm not going to mm-hmm. like, I mean, because what I thought, I think it was what a lot of people thought, mm-hmm. you know, House of Black circles and, and is, has has these guys uh, surrounded. Mm-hmm. And then Julia, and then they, and then the, the, the blondes, uh, Brian and Grip, they, they, they stand in front of Julia to, to protect her. I think we all thought maybe Julia's going to low blow him or do something and, and a turn yeah. on him. That didn't happen. And that's fine. We'll, we'll see where the story goes. But just the whole fact that like, you call them out. You see this whole long entrance, and they're still they're still the first ones to lay their hands. All right, so that happens, and then yeah, so brawl, 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 and then it gets to where they just have Garrison in the ring, and they end up uh, Malachi Black grabs Julia, gives her a chair, wants her to hit Garrison. Mm-hmm. She can't bring herself to do it, so then he just starts to you know rip at her eye patch, and I mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on here. I I and then then then, then as all that's happening. Uh, the death triangle comes out and they, mm-hmm. they kind of they get House of Black to, to run off here. So what I, what I thought was going to be maybe the segment of the night and big business could be accomplished turned out to be one of the most wasted five minutes and five minutes was valuable in the show again, as we'll get to here soon. Yeah, again, uh, I'm a big proponent of uh, calling out missed and wasted opportunities. This was definitely one of those opportunities that was missed big time. Yeah. Um so that's that. So uh so that mm-hmm. that was that. And then they you already have now Ray Phoenix out there 
yeah. as, it, as it came out with the Death Triangle. He's going to have a matchup next against Dante Martin. This is another Owen Hart qualifier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one, just uh, some athletic uh, insanity happening in this. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, there's, so, there's so many different spots. One I'll just call out here real quick just before the finish. Mm-hmm. They both on the top rope, and they both simultaneously do a backflip together, kind of like a Spanish fly kind of deal. And, but mm-hmm. they land on their feet. Both men just land on their feet. So, again, another uh, acrobatic aerial move. Uh, a little more impressive than, I guess, what Warlow did because these two had to stay in sync with each other. Um, <clears throat> if you want to look at it in that regard. Uh, Phoenix is ultimately going to get the win uh, and advance and put himself into this Owen Hart bracket. Uh, this match, Jimmy, any thoughts here? No. Uh, and you know what? I, I, I'm not a big proponent, proponent of uh, uh, spotty matches, as they call them, when you see too many of them. Because we hadn't seen any so far tonight, this match fit. It, because it it, it it was the only one of the night. We didn't see another one like it. So uh, I I was entertained by what I was seeing, as opposed to here we go again, another, I, I hate to use the term spot fest. It, it was fine. It yeah. worked tonight it, it, for me anyways. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree. I think, um, yeah, I agree. You know, I always, I said, I've said to you before, I always kind of look at wrestling in general, but especially AEW, look at it as a buffet. You just want to have a little mm-hmm. taste, a little bit of everything. I don't want any. I don't want too much of any one thing. And mm-hmm. this match had its uh, had its flavor. Yeah. All right. So Ray Phoenix advances. Uh, he gets himself qualified into the tournament. So now we know we know seven of the eight who are going to be in this uh-huh. tournament. So the right side of the bracket, and these are the two matches that are going to happen next week in Long mm-hmm. Island. The right side of the bracket is Jeff Hardy versus Darby, which. Yeah. You know, Darby even they even cut to a quick promo that Darby cuts, and he basically even says, like, I don't really need to cut a promo. This is this this match just kind of tells itself. It's, mm-hmm. it's two guys looking in a mirror twenty years apart. Um, yeah. And I'm excited about it too because you know, Matt had told me years ago that uh, that when Jericho first got to AEW and and the Darby of course was starting there um, mm-hmm. as part of that foundation, you know, Jericho even said, Hey, there's a kid here who's he's 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 your brother. He's he's got that same kind of. Yeah. So this will be fun to watch. You got Jeff Hardy versus Darby Allen. Then the other match on the right side of the bracket is Adam Cole versus Dax Harwood uh, from FTR. So right there, two interesting matchups. And then on the left side, the other side of the bracket, you have Ray Phoenix up against Kyle O'Reilly. Hmm. And then you have Samoa Joe up against the Joker, the wild card, the mystery opponent. Hmm. Um, Jimmy Two-Parter. Okay. Give me some crazy guesses of who the Joker's going to be. Oh, Based upon how the bracket looks and who and what the who the possible could be, who wins? Wow, um, who who wins each one of those four matches? Who wins the whole tournament? Uh, who wins the whole tournament? I'm telling you, there there is an argument to be made, like I said earlier, for Jeff Hardy. But if you're looking at, uh, but I can see Jeff going next week, and you know, with the idea of helping elevate. Jeff's the kind of guy who'd want to elevate a Darby Allen to the next level. Yeah. And I could also see a guy like a, a, a bad, a badass like Samoa Joe going through to the whole thing. Uh, for me though, if it's somebody to honor Owen Hart and his, his legacy, there's a lot of guys you can pick. Uh, overall. I like Adam Cole though. Mm-hmm. I, Adam Cole has got, when you talk about ticking off all the boxes and a lot of people say he reminds them of a, a young Shawn Michaels. There are also little aspects of him that remind me of a of a annoying nugget as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So so it, it would be almost fitting in a sense. 
I could see I, I could make a real case for whoever wins the Adam Cole versus Dax Harwood match next week, mm-hmm. that will be the winner of this whole damn thing. Right. I think for everything you said about Cole, but also with Dax, yes, I know he's still a tag team guy and he's carrying tag team gold. But as I said and I've asked, I wonder could we see Brett pop up and be a manager for them? They got rid of Tully as a manager. So mm-hmm. wouldn't that be just quite the transition of why would Brett manage Dax and his tag team? Well, what better reason than Dax Harwood wins a tournament that's all in the name of 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 of, of, uh, of brett's uh, late brother so that and then to the other point i guess so who so samoa joe you're putting samoa joe up against a mystery opponent mm-hmm. uh you try to think okay who's out there yeah certainly if they're gonna do this you know you got to think they have somebody who's got a little bit of weight to them uh credibility wise right. to, to to be marked on this i mean i'm looking at who's who's available who's free out there a free agent mm. you know I, and i saw a few people in the, the chat also say it too Cesaro comes to mind. Hmm. Um, or that that you know. one would be interesting. That so, would be interesting. and he's a guy too. I guess he'd be Claudio, or maybe I don't know, or maybe maybe he'd find some variation of Cesaro. I don't know, mm-hmm. but he he's he is one though. I'm like, hmm, you know, I could he would fit winning an also tournament yeah. like this. So, absolutely, absolutely. The, the, I for, I forgot about him. Might see there's a, there are a lot of options out there that can work. Yeah. So, uh, very excited. I'm I'm excited about I this am. bracket. So. Right side of the bracket will happen next week. The other side will happen, I assume, the following week. And then I believe mm-hmm. the finals, uh, the, 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 the winner declaring match will be a double or nothing. So mm-hmm. exciting couple of weeks there. And that's just the, that's just the men's. We don't even have the whole women's uh, figure. I think right. we'll know. I think we'll know all the women's uh, after Rampage this Friday. Okay. okay. <clears throat> all right. From this point on, the rest of the show is the women's here. Uh, mm-hmm. Women's division. Thunder Rosa comes out. She cuts a promo talking about being top of the division, best of the division, best in the world. Uh, women's division being the best. Uh, talked about how before she got where she is, she was inspired by one wrestler who she would drive up and down the coast of California to see, and that is the number one contender, the top ranked Serena Deeb. Mm-hmm. Serena Deeb comes out, uh, they establish a level of respect for each other, mm-hmm. but then it quickly <laughs> turns, uh, mm-hmm. turns confrontational. As Deeb mm-hmm. says, I too want this that title in this division to represent the best, but mm-hmm. in order for that to happen. I need to be carrying that title because I am just still better than you. I'm on a different level hmm. than you. Uh, it starts to get chippy with the words. So that is going to be your women's title match at double or nothing. Thunder Rosa versus Serena D. I like the idea that happened here. I'm mm-hmm. fine with the match. Uh, thought this went on too long. Thought, thought, thought this could have been accomplished if we could have shaved a little bit of time off of this. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you can say that, but at the same time, it did, it did accomplish the goal it was set out to do and make people interested in this match. And it made me interested and want to see this match as well. I like the, Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I guess shaving a few minutes out for this, uh, would have been a little bit, sometimes less is more. Well, and I'm just saying, again, I've been, yeah. I've been, I've been kind of running this theme, this whole podcast, because I'm just, we watch this whole Donovan and I can just tell, and I hate when this happens on like indie shows. Trying to, trying to cram everything in. Yeah, I hate when this happens yeah. on indie shows. <clears throat> you know, obviously your your main events, your last thing, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, when guys and girls get too careless early on in the show, and they go long, or they don't get out of the ring fast enough, and you can't get to the next thing fast, whatever the case may be. The one that ends up suffering the most is that last match, especially if there's a hard, you know, if it's an indie show that's whatever, you're only fighting against maybe you know venue curfew. You got to be mm-hmm. on third time there. But this is TV. They, they have right. a hard out. Yeah. So this big thing that you're building around for your main event, which we're about to get to, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they took the ring with like 11 minutes to go and still had to take a commercial inside yeah. of this. Mm-hmm. So that felt a little rushed, which we'll get to here in just a second. Um, 
yeah, you know, again, I mean, yeah. and, and run, running these things, I mean, that, that's I'm not saying right. I can do any better, but it's just it's one of those things where I, I go back and I look, I'm like, eh, mm-hmm. could a little, could a little bit shorter. Uh, Dylan Matthews says, I heard Cesaro is now going by Claudio, and they have Cesaro spelled C S R O. All right, well, that would okay. be a great, a great yeah. merging of his two personas, yeah. personas. Yeah, I yeah. like that. <clears throat> I like it. Yeah. All right, so now comes main event time. Mm-hmm. It is the unification of the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. Now you have uh, the original champion, Deanna Perazzo. Uh, mm-hmm. She has a title reign of 115 days. She was not able to make it. I believe this is, this was like a year ago. Right. <clears throat> or, or not a year. Um, she had her as champion, and then she wasn't able to do the title defense that she needed to do. So then Mercedes Martinez became interim champion. So now we're finally going to get one uh, undisputed Ring of Honor champion. They are in Baltimore. As noted mm-hmm. on commentary, Baltimore was one of the, the, the I don't want to say headquarters or strong strong grounds uh, for Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. you know, that Baltimore, Philadelphia area. So fitting there. Uh, so there's history there for the company. I, I'm a big Deanna Peraza fan. I love seeing her mm-hmm. here on AEW Dynamite. Yeah. I did feel like this suffered, again, being crammed with time, throwing a commercial. Granted, it was picture in picture, so you could still watch the match, but throwing the commercial in there. Mm-hmm. The finishes, Mercedes ends up getting the win with the Dragon Sleeper. Mm-hmm. But I was watching. I'm watching that. You know, they crown her champ, and I'm I'm just watching the audience, and everybody's just standing there. There was not a lot of reaction or emotion, which I kind of just felt like, man, what a supposed to be this big moment, but didn't didn't feel it. It's funny you said that because I have that written down right here. I said, you know, the women worked really hard and tried to do what they could with the time they had, and at times it did feel a little bit rushed, but at the same time they worked really hard. There was there was some snug stuff going on in there. It was a, it was a good match by the ladies. They put on a hell of a show. Uh, but even during the match, the crowd seemed appreciative, but yeah. not but they not reactive, not really very reactive. And again, like you said, after the finish, I was expecting more of a reaction that didn't happen, and it didn't feel like she got mm-hmm. the proper so whether it was time constraints or whatever the case may be. It didn't feel like the post match, you know celebration for lack of a better yeah. uh, turn was there yeah. yeah i mean yeah exactly the, the crowd felt like they knew to respect it and appreciate mm-hmm. the girls out there but they weren't invested into it right like it, it just you know they they mm-hmm. knew that they needed to give an applause when the match was over mm-hmm. but then that applause quickly there was no just uh, you know yeah it almost felt like they were being respectful to the ladies but at the same time just not yeah they, in it. yeah they just yeah there wasn't an investment there so mm-hmm. uh so we'll see um yeah, we'll see we'll watch the numbers come out tomorrow we'll see mm-hmm. what number what the, the all important ratings and key demos say mm-hmm. uh, of course you can you know you can use social media as your barometer go search aw dynamite see what that says uh, all kinds of different ways to measure and find whatever opinions mm-hmm. are going to line up with your own mm-hmm. <laughs> that's <laughs> aw dynamite tonight uh from baltimore again as they are on the road to double or nothing quite the stack dynamite next week as we talked mm-hmm. about they're going to have the start of the tournament we've got the mjf and his contract signing with Wardlow. Lots of good stuff. We have. Wait, the, I, I thought tonight's was a stacked dynamite. <laughs> They're all stacked dynamite. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, just, FTW, just, just confirming. FTW title next <laughs> yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, lots of stuff. Uh, Jimmy, give me some plugs in the Jimmy Corderas world. Uh, Jimmy Corderas is still doing my thing uh, weekdays with my Riff and Ranch. You can catch me there. You can catch me here uh, with you on Wednesday nights. And we, we look back at dynamite. And uh, you can catch me at Jimmy Corderas on Twitter. At real Jimmy Corderas on Instagram, and uh, I'm out there having fun, talking wrestling when I can. And when I'm not doing that, I'm doing my own Ref the Chef stuff. Ref the Chef. Yeah, I like it. I like yeah. it. 
Uh, I am at Justin Labar again here every Monday and Wednesday. Uh, Friday mornings, I'm on Busted Open, 10 a.m. Yeah. with uh, Dave Greca and Mark Spar. Henry. Spar with Labar. Yeah. Um, again, make sure you tweet at Jimmy and I. Let us know how you're uh, consuming this podcast. I love it. I try to retweet and like them. Always mm-hmm. always fun to read those. Uh, yeah. Leave a comment if you haven't done so already. Hit the like button if you could do so, mm-hmm. uh, or thumbs up, or whatever the hell it, it is on whatever platform you're watching. Um, you subscribe. Tell a friend. All those things help keep this thing growing. Lots of good stuff coming up here in wrestling. Uh, mm-hmm. Lots of Raj got a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. So, um, yeah, a lot of stuff going on. All right, until uh, next week. He's Jimmy. I'm Justin. Thanks for all the live chats. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week.